Hi, this is the Acquire podcast from the Odd Phonic Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Jenny Ray. This is the podcast that delves deep into the world of list building and lead generation, online events, and so on. And it's designed to empower entrepreneurs and marketers with the knowledge and strategies to master these essential business growth tactics. And today, I we have a very brilliant guest with us. It's Haley Rowe, a true expert in the art of LinkedIn lead generation. Haley, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about LinkedIn. Oh, we're going to have a good time. And before we do, I just want to share with the audience a little bit more about you. I wrote this intro for you, so I'm going to share it. So Haley is not your average marketing or sales coach. She's a master at helping service-based business owners, particularly coaches, to revolutionize their client attraction process, regain, regain precious time, and turbocharge their sales. Her mission is to liberate entrepreneurs from the clutches of social media and overwhelm and propel them forward to business success. In fact, she's also the brains behind the FAST framework, a system that empowers businesses to flourish in today's ever-evolving digital landscape. Haley shares her profound marketing and business insights on her um, health coach, Health Coach Nation podcast, I almost got that wrong, where she earned her well-deserved reputation as a leading expert. Also, she is the founder of the Marketing Hub Facebook group, an influential online community dedicated to honing marketing skills. So tons of accolades there, tons of things. You also have been recognized as one of the top 25 coaches in Chicago. Really? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Or magazine. Yep. <laughs> Way to go. So you're definitely the go-to person for LinkedIn lead gen and transforming businesses. So I want to really dive into that. We're going to go past today the, the, you know, the basics. I want to explore some advanced strategies together. And I want to look at how we need to approach the ever-changing world of LinkedIn lead gen because it's not the same as it was a year ago, two years ago, and so on. And I really want to get into those key secrets of how we can um, advance this from a really high level strategy. So thank you so much. We're going to have a good time. Let's start off about how LinkedIn has changed over the years and yeah. some of these really significant changes and how should businesses be adapting their strategies? Definitely. So LinkedIn has changed throughout the years in a couple of ways. One, I think a lot of people have the idea that it's just for if you want to get a job or it's just to be very stiff and very professional and you can't share personal stories or things like that. And the truth is LinkedIn is actually really great for entrepreneurs and it is more for building a professional network of collaboration partners, um, relationships with your potential clients, depending on who you work with. And I think also you don't have to be stiff. Like I have a friend who his top post was a post about how he adopted his two daughters and it went viral, it had nothing to do with his business. So it's not about just being very, you know, professional and boring all the time on LinkedIn anymore. And I also think it's changed because you see people who send messages um, that are very, very salesy and long and not a good idea. But you'll also see people using LinkedIn really creatively and using it to just, it's one of those platforms where you can get in touch with the high caliber people you're looking to connect with. And LinkedIn Sales Navigator really allows you to do that. And one last way LinkedIn has changed is they're always trying to monetize their platform. So they make it way better for you as a user if you are paying them in some way, either as a premium member or a sales navigator user or whatever. So um, that's important as well. It's going to help you if you're if you use sales navigator in particular. 
which we could so, talk more about if you want. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's talk about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So two years ago, I was part of a mastermind. And the mastermind, the whole premise of the mastermind was LinkedIn lead gen. And it was send this script to as many people as possible who fit your niche and then use this follow-up message for the, you know, three or four people out of the hundred that you message that actually say something. Mm -hmm. And I didn't love that. First of all, we can talk about that a little bit later, but talk to me about LinkedIn, um, like the navigator and how people are utilizing this. Is it useful? Is it something we should be paying for? Yeah. Yeah. So first you have to decide, do you really want to use LinkedIn consistently as a part of your marketing strategy? And if so, then yes, you definitely want to get Sales Navigator, but they do have a free trial month, which is great. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know how to use it or they don't use it consistently or they don't have the time, which is why they work with people like me who do it for them, set it up for them, et cetera. But if you're going to do it, I think you should have it because your connection request acceptance rate is going to be much higher if you have it. Your targeting quality is going to be way better than if you're just using the search bar feature on LinkedIn with the free account. Same thing with if you're just using LinkedIn groups to find people. That's mm. that's That can be good. It can definitely help you um, find your people, but it's not ideal. And the other way to find, there's other ways, and I could talk about free ways to find people on LinkedIn, but if you're using Sales Navigator, the when I say that the targeting's better, you can target people who have a big company. So if you're trying to target people who have more purchasing power, you could target people from certain schools or things you have things in common with, locations, certain keywords in their profile. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to using it. And the other thing with um sales navigator is you don't hit a limit as much with so LinkedIn right now allows you with sales navigator to send 200 connection requests per week. And that's great volume compared to if you're using the free one, you're going to get limited. And it's going to say, you know, depending on how much you've warmed up your account and stuff, it's probably going to tell you you can't do that much. So those are some of the benefits. I was part of the mastermind that I was in. They were telling us to use a product called Wallaxi. Mm-hmm. So, and some people were using the sales navigator and they were also using Wallaxi. Have you ever used Wallaxi? Would you recommend that to people? What's that? What's that like? Yeah. So there's a lot of different softwares and things like that, that can automate lead gen on LinkedIn. And what I would say about that is proceed with caution because sometimes those softwares, depending on which one you pick. And I don't know much about the one that you said, I've never used it, but sometimes they can get flagged. Also, it's not very cool when you set it up to send this whole, you know, follow-up sequence or funnel and the person responds to you. And then you still send the auto generated next message and it feels out of context. And so typically what we do for clients and what I recommend is We do send a connection request message, which is a little note you add to your connection request that's very simple, nothing salesy, nothing pitchy, just pretty much like, why are you connecting? Oh, it's always great to connect with other entrepreneurs or, oh, it's great to connect with other podcast hosts, whatever it is. And then the second message when they accept your connection request would be more of a question to open up the conversation or something you personalize. And it could be something that, Either if if you're using LinkedIn to find collab partners, it could be something more like, are you open to connecting and exploring collaboration? 
if it's a potential client, it could be something more along the lines of like, what kind of content would you find useful here on LinkedIn? I'm working on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it needs to be something to open up combo, not be assumptive that they need your help and you're going to go launch into a sales pitch right this second. And that way you can personalize from there at that point. So that's what I recommend. And sometimes those softwares don't allow you, I mean, they might allow you to do the two messages and then do more, but Sometimes people go a little overboard and it sends these auto messages that are really out of context when people start to answer you. I completely agree. I get those auto, I, I mean, everybody gets pitched in LinkedIn, mm -hmm. right? We're always getting those messages. I have like 10 of them waiting for me. I'm, I have LinkedIn open while we're talking. I have 10 mm -hmm. messages waiting for me and they're all those salesy messages. Yeah. So I can't, I mean, yeah, it's normal. And it's it totally normal. off to the yeah. platform, which is a bummer because yeah. there are a lot of, great people I've met through LinkedIn, great clients I've met. It's I track all my different platforms like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and where my calls come from and where what like where most of my clients actually come from. And LinkedIn continues to win out of tracking my Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Seriously. Mm -hmm. So are you tracking that in like a CRM? How are you gauging like your, you know, your yeah. Your rates. Well, we just track how many conversations we're having, how many positive responses we're at. I have a form question in my, um, well, a question in my form. that's like, how did you hear about me? And most, and I put it all into, you know, a spreadsheet and I could be better about having a whole, <laughs> I do have a CRM, but it's not, it's, uh, definitely, you know, that's not where we track this particular thing. Um, but LinkedIn is, you know, in that section of how did you hear about me? And I, I am happy about that. That's good. That's really good. I mean, I always like finding out where people hear about me and and where they're coming from. So it's usually funny enough, it's usually off a podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of that. And it depends on the podcast, but I was on a podcast about a month and a half ago and uh, with this guy, Rich. And mm -hmm. uh, I ended up with like four clients from that. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. Just like, oh, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast and I really trust so-and-so. Therefore, let's have a conversation. I'm like, awesome. So their credibility was transferred over to me by having yeah. me on their podcast and they listened to me in the conversation and I guess they found it compelling or whatnot. And I love that. Yeah. It's cool. I've had that. It's, it's kind of like a guessing game at first because yeah. I do a lot of podcast interviews and some of them are, are like slam dunk like you said, sure. where you get a bunch of calls booked, a bunch of interests and others you don't, but you mm -hmm. start to learn which ones are like the ones that you want to continue partnership with. And that are great. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the benefit of when, when you say being on podcasts, if you know that that's a winning strategy for you, you can use LinkedIn to connect with. Exactly. Podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. What are people overlooking with their LinkedIn lead gen strategy? What are the big things that people are missing? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. So first thing is uh, the messaging. <laughs> so if you are doing outreach, you want to think about testing and it's okay to test different questions. It's okay to follow up. Um, it's important to remember that volume matters as well. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll send two messages out a week and I'm just going to be crushing it and <laughs> treat yeah, it no. volume <laughs> And it's also important to remember that if somebody doesn't answer after the first time, you know, that doesn't mean that they're never going to answer. And it's, there's actually a stat that like 60% of people may need four touch points before they respond. So that means like, when I say touch points, that means 
you liking one of their posts, commenting on one of their posts, um, them, you know, engaging back with you in a message or something like that. So, or send, accepting the connection request can be a touch point. So just remember that um, these people, once they're in your network and once you have, they've accepted your connection request, they're going to see your posts more. They're going to get your updates. They will get your hopefully second message if you have one. And um, that can be beneficial long-term. So I think it's important to remember that there's like a sales cycle for everything. You got to be consistent. I think some people are overlooking, like they try to cram everything in one message and it's really supposed to be more of a back and forth dialogue, but also have an intentional, you know, be direct and have an intentional either. Are you guys going to connect for a collaboration call? Are you guys going to plan a podcast? Are you going to send your freebie or lead magnet? Does it make sense to have a, a you know, strategy call or discovery call if they're a potential client? Because the other thing I, you know, it's it's a fine line. Some people go in and they're really not direct and they're just all over the place with the conversation and waste almost like wasting someone's time. Just like, oh, you know, what's your favorite color? Like, it's just like, no, that's not, this is a networking platform. So people expect networking on LinkedIn. Um, so don't waste people's time. But at the same time, uh, at the other end of the spectrum, there's people who are like, hey, here's, I'm going to cram and word vomit, everything you need to know about my offer and me and all this in one message. And that doesn't work either. So it's supposed to be a dialogue, but an intentional one. And the last thing I'll say people overlook is um, your profile. You want to look at your profile and update your bio and make sure it's clear about why would somebody want to work with you? What are the key results you provide? Could you have some recommendations on your profile that um, are past clients, or if you're trying to get speaking gigs from the people you've done speaking gigs for, et cetera. And um, I don't think people need to obsess about posting all the time on LinkedIn. That's one of the best parts about LinkedIn is you do not, it's not like Instagram or TikTok where you have to be like doing these videos and posting all the time to be successful because it's more about what's going on in your messages. However, posts can help accompany your messages for people to learn more about you, get more value, engage with you, start dialogues, et cetera. Um, so one thing people overlook with that though, is they make their calls to action. Um, something like comment info below to get my free guide, which that does it's works it's still on working. Facebook. It does work on some platforms, right? Okay. Like, so face my Facebook group, if I share my freebie, a lot of times people will say, oh, I want that or send me that or whatever. But on LinkedIn, unfortunately, and I got to be real with you, sometimes I repurpose my content. And so I'm not the best at like removing that if it's in there. However, I should because LinkedIn doesn't like that language. They see it as salesy language and they won't promote your post as much to other people if, you, if that's in there. So what you need to change it to is something like what they do like is um, which tip am I missing? Or what book would you add to this favorite book list? Or Ooh, what's your favorite um, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it, mm -hmm. it's a dialogue question. They love those, especially if people start commenting, they will help your post get more seen. Do you think it also helps to post uh, things like live videos on LinkedIn? Do you think those, pe yeah. those pieces help a lot as well? Yeah, I do. Um, some LinkedIn lives and I use a free website called StreamYard and do interviews sometimes. 
And that could be beneficial because people can see your face. And if it's a business topic or you're a thought leader on something, it can establish that credibility. So I am a fan of that. I don't think that, you know, you need to be doing that all the time to, you know, see wins from LinkedIn, but it can be helpful. Okay, sure. Back into the lead gen side of things, uh, is the best way only through DMs or can would an advance? I'm guessing that the advanced strategy is a holistic strategy of an all around sort of thing. Posts, lives, DMs, yeah. connection requests, and so on. How much of this is actually, how much of this is fully automated and how much do we actually have to get in there and do ourselves? Great question. So um, one thing I would add that I didn't mention it, that could be a good part of your strategy is the LinkedIn live um, event feature. Like they have this like audio live event you can do on LinkedIn and people can pop in and ask questions. And so if you haven't explored that feature, that might be a good one if you are going to do something regularly, like a regular live or something like that. Um, but to go back to your question about what's how much should we automate, how much we need to do. So with Sales Navigator, you can set up save searches and you may test things and decide, oh, this is going really well, or I want to expand my audience, or I want to try a different audience, or I want to split, like I want to do one week, I want to do podcast hosts and reach out for speaking opportunities. Other weeks, I want to connect with direct client. So you're going to have to, the first three months or so, I say you're going to be way more active in testing things, seeing what audience you like to target, et cetera, in Sales Navigator. Um, So that will be manual, but once you get it down, you can save your search and you can keep going from there. So um, it will become less, you know, heavy duty once you figure out who you like to target. For the messaging, you can have, what I recommend is like, have what your first connection request message could be. And then a second message after they accept your connection request. And you can, if you want to adapt it and do it manually and make it more personal or test doing voice notes over written notes, et cetera, you could do that. But I would say, keep it simple for yourself and have kind of a general flow of, you know, where, where you start the conversation. And then from there, try to drive it to something that's um, not going to have to have you keep going over and over back and forth in conversation. So it's either a call or your lead magnet or a free event you're hosting or something so that it's not like this conversation is just you have to be in your DMs all the time. Um, the other thing is I recommend batching. Like, so a lot of times people think, oh my God, I have to answer my message right when they respond. And the truth is you need to just go into your inbox twice a week or something like that. Click the unread filter, which it allows you to do, which is nice on LinkedIn. And just answer when you're there and don't worry about constantly stopping what you're doing. Um, and the other thing with the posts is you can repurpose from other platforms. The only thing I would say is like, if you can change that call to action, that was maybe more forward on Facebook, for example, or something, that would be a good idea. So repurposing posts doesn't have to take forever. Planning your message doesn't have to take forever. Follow-ups, you may periodically want to decide to, you know, make some time for that or have a team member who can do some check-ins for you. Um, and the sales navigator, once you get the hang of it, you don't have to keep messing with it. So I don't know if I answered your question about automation per se, but I will say, <laughs> you no, know, that's what I have found. Well, I think 
you know, you, you did answer the question on automation because I think having a script of the answers that you would, or the introduction or the, you know, the first message that you want to have, I always like to create some personalization in that. So it's not fully yeah. written, right? So I might have context and then I, in, I put something or I infuse something in it. So exactly. that something, you know, hey, I saw like blah, 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 or I saw you on so-and-so's post or really like the, you know, the book that you suggested or a really great quote I saw, blah, blah, and try and make a connection of something or, hey, it was great seeing you on so-and-so's panel. Like I usually see people on summits yeah. or panels. Yes, definitely. That kind of thing. And I'll be like, that was really cool. So those You're are- You're going to have are... a way better re re uh, response rate yeah. if you decide to first focus on people who have something in common with you. Like you guys were on a summit. You guys have a mutual friend. It was a warm introduction. Yes. Um, you guys went to the same college. You live in the same town, whatever it is, try to start there before you start with brand, like people who have nothing in common. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that one for sure. It makes it easier. Just it's that low hanging fruit what is the like one advanced strategy that you've seen work really, really well? And then I want to hear about, um, I, I definitely want to hear about, uh, oh gosh, the name just went completely out of fast, fast framework. That's what I want to hear about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about a strategy that works incredibly well, maybe a story to go with it. And then what's the fast framework? Yeah. Okay. So we had a client one time who coached a very specific niche, which was executive men who struggle with imposter syndrome or feeling like they have the weight of the world as a leader on their shoulders and they just are letting themselves down because they have a lot of high pressure. And she um, did LinkedIn lead gen with us. So we contacted these men and we had a very good, now here's what I will tell you. The, this was when message strategy was different. So we had actually a really good quote that just hit home with these guys and they knew the person who said it. And then we expanded with a question of like, do you ever feel this way? Like, would it make sense to connect or something like that? Nowadays, I, I would say you got to change it up. It has to be no quotes, no like needs to be short, punchy question, et cetera. But anyways, that worked really well for her. She got two or three high ticket sales within 90 days. And here's the other thing, the byproduct effect of just being visible on LinkedIn and starting to expand your connections she actually got an opportunity to have a part-time job at a um, company as a as their like corporate coach. And that was a huge opportunity. I think she made like 80K a year. And that was, now I'm not saying everybody gets both clients and part-time jobs, but <laughs> it was a great opportunity to show just the power of being visible. And the advanced strategy was she was consistent with it. And she also was accompanying her lead gen with um, just posting really like thought leader based posts. She wasn't afraid of being polarizing in her posts and sharing stories and things like that. So I would just say um, if you're committing to LinkedIn, commit and, you know, play around with your message and your questions, because that can, when you hit a good one, when you, when you resonate with your audience, it can be very effective. Mm, okay. I'm feeling a, uh... I'm feeling like my LinkedIn strategy, I was really consistent with it probably up until this summer. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I stayed, well, I know I didn't stay consistent with it. Mm, I think it's time to take a look at it again. All right. Talk to us about the fast framework. I want to hear about that before we have to wrap. Yeah. So I work with clients on more than just LinkedIn and the fast framework kind of summarizes 
Um, what I feel is really important for businesses to grow. And it's something that I used to work in the business development and marketing world for startups. And I realized they don't have it all figured out. And you're never just totally ready to start your business, but there are some things that you have to pay attention to. And so that's how I came up with the FAST framework. So it stands for followers, action, sales, time management, and transformation. And what I mean by followers is we have to evaluate what is your lead gen strategy. And you talk about this, Jenny, a lot. And so I'm sure you're yeah. ones, but the point is we have to think about what's the lowest hanging fruit and way that you want to be generating leads each week that we could start with. And what's going to be your process for taking somebody who doesn't even know you to wanting to book a call with you or sign up for your program or whatever it is. Um, so building that out and also knowing who you're targeting. Sometimes people don't even know that. The action piece is how do you create content that's compelling enough that people want to take action? So this comes down to your messaging, how compelling is your offer, and making sure that your copywriting is good. Sales is how you lead your sales process. So do you are you prepared for the common objections and how you can coach through those and or address them in your marketing? I think a lot of people shy away from, like they don't want to talk, they don't want to lean into the objections or like, I know what you're thinking type of thing because they're like, I don't want to bring attention to it. But the truth is, that actually can be very helpful in speaking to your audience and addressing what's on their mind, right? Um, so making sure that you're doing that and that your pricing is appropriate and things like that. And then time management is where should you focus as an entrepreneur, making sure you don't fall for the shiny object syndrome or jumping around or letting overwhelm take over. And the last piece is transformation. And that's two things. One, I work with my clients on what's the personal transformation required to be the entrepreneur they need to be. So as a certified life coach and uh, behavioral change specialist, sometimes people just think, oh, I, I'm i not tech savvy, so I can't do that. And they just immediately knock it off. Or I'm just not, I dread sales and marketing. So this is just not my thing or whatever. So addressing those beliefs or limitations you put on yourself and then the other part of transformation is making sure the point A to point B of your offer is really clear, compelling. You have testimonials you can use in your marketing and that you have something, <clears throat> a system, a phases you go through with clients, something that helps people wrap their head around the tangibility of your offer and that differentiates you. I like it. I also like the fact that you're putting transformation into a framework that is quite businessy. I find that, and I have, I always tell this to my clients, I'm like, yeah, you're hiring me to build out your email list or do a summit or to do a launch, but I'm probably going to end up being like your, you know, your quasi life coach for about three or four weeks. Yeah. Right. And I don't have any life coach certification, just saying, but I've seen, I've seen a few things and I've had to coach people through a few things. Um, launching, list building, consistency with your social media, these all bring out some of our internalized fears and inadequacies and things like that. And we've got to deal with them. Yeah. So that we can show up and do the right thing. I remember, I remember so clearly in uh, December of 2018, I was going to do a live online challenge mm -hmm. and I was promoting it and I didn't like doing Facebook lives. Um, don't like the, you know, I didn't like the way I look. Nobody knows this, but I, I actually don't have feeling in part of my face. I have a severed nerve and I had oh. to reteach myself how to talk. 
oh my gosh, and enunciate my words. So I'm really careful about how I enunciate and things to make sure that I'm, I'm clear. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do Facebook lives because when I get nervous, I speak more quickly and then you oh. fumble. So I, I thought, okay, it's not about me. Even though I consistently don't want to show up in this way, this is the way that's going to get me registrations. And this is how I'm going to get clients. I did 53 Facebook lives in two and a half weeks. Wow. Oh my gosh. But it, it was like cure by fire. Yeah. I, I, like I don't have a problem being on camera anymore. I don't have a, a worry about my enunciation anymore. I don't worry about those types of things at this level anymore. Yeah. But I had to create the consistency to see that I could do it. And I think we have these little brain thingies, these little worms that tell us that we can't do something. And, mm-hmm. and we, we self-fulfill on that prophecy. Yeah. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. That's so, so that's why I think transformation in, in your, in your fast framework is so important. It's something that it's neglected a lot of the times. Right. So I yeah. love this. I love seeing that you have that in there. Yeah. I mean, I believe that you cannot grow your business if you're not growing yourself as well at the same yeah. time. And I'm sure that's like a Jim Rohn quote or something, some <laughs> Probably, quote. but like, I think that it is important because it, I think I see businesses like this is a fun game that forces you to expand yourself and get out of your comfort zone and put in reps and do things without seeing the end results immediately, which most people aren't willing to do. No kidding. And so it takes a lot of strength, a lot of grit. And I'm all about the byproduct of that. Like that's, it's one thing to go out, do a launch, get clients. Yay. Woohoo. But it's a whole nother thing to learn the consistency of that, the discipline, how to, how to use your time more effectively. Like all of those things are the skills that I think make this the whole point. Like that's what I love about it. Absolutely. And it is such a learning curve. If you are coming from a corporate environment or you're used to that environment where you clock in at nine, you, you know, you clock out at five and this is not a job for that. This is even with LinkedIn lead gen and with other types of lead generation. And I'm sure, you know, because you do it as well, it's never the same thing every, like every day, it's always something different. And I, I mean, I love that about it, but you have to love that. You have to accept it. And then you got to learn to love it because it is, um, it's like committing to learning how to run a 10 K race. And realizing that part of that is going to mean you got to run uphill. And I hate running uphill. Like I hate yeah. it. And you just got to go, I love this hill. It's so much fun. Like, you know, gritting your teeth as you do it. But the end result is, is that you get to do the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And I love that. What would you say as a parting sort of thought in terms of LinkedIn lead gen uh, for people who are like, okay, Haley, this sounds interesting. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking this is a good idea, you know, not just like, hey, go and do it and leave a message because that's beginner strategy. What would you tell them as an effective higher level strategy that they can start seeing some results with? Yeah. Well, I would say first, you have to go into your LinkedIn profile and look at it as if you're the person you want to be responding to and connecting with you and mm-hmm. look at your profile, like give it an audit and just start there. Um, I think the other thing is decide your targets to start with like a baseline for yourself. Cause it's one thing for, as you said, people to just go in, send a couple messages, but yeah. it's not, if you're not deciding every week, like what's your target, what's your connection re- request acceptance rate, uh, et cetera. That's important. And by the way you want like with sales navigator, it should be 
30% or above, ideally, with your okay. connection acceptance rate. So you do want it to, it can be higher than that, but I'm just saying like, you should be aiming for that. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is if you're not ready to use Sales Navigator, you can start by looking up companies that would have employees, because you can see the employees list on company pages that you'd want to connect with. You could go to groups that are networking groups and things like that and look at the members of those groups to connect with. You could search job titles in the search bar and find people that way. So it's not an all or nothing thing like, you know, well, if you don't have Sales Navigator, you can't even start. Like if you just wanted to dip your toe in, sure, you could use those search features. You could start sending some connection requests. That's fine. And the last thing I'll say too is even though this is simple, not advanced, but it's important, look at your current connections. If you've never connect, like maybe they're your connections, but you've never said hi, you've never gotten to know them. Start there before you send new ones out, right? Like acknowledge your current people first. That's yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fond of the idea of um, trying to use all the different methodologies to find your ideal client. And if you've got the time, like you said, to get your toe wet and kind of dip in and go to groups and stuff, that sounds good. Sales Navigator sounds like LinkedIn wants you to go that way so that you can <laughs> not only pay them some money, but also have the advanced search strategies. Yeah. Final thing I want to ask you before we wrap up. What do you see as the predominant lead gen strategy or what do you see as a trend that's going to be coming? We're at the end, at the time we're recording this, we're at the end of 2023. What do you think is going to happen in 2024? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I think what's really, I don't know if this is a necessarily a lead gen thing, but more of a messaging thing. I sure. think that people need to hear the pain point you're solving more than the positive um, side of it. Like they need the uh, medicine, not the supplement, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. we're we're heading into a time right now where things are harder with the economy, perhaps for some. And people want to know, how can you solve my pain point? Not just like, oh, that'd be nice to have. So you have to make sure your marketing's focused on not just a nice to have, but like, why is there a real pain point being solved here? And I think the other thing is people are tired of unrealistic um, bro marketing type of messaging. So <laughs> yeah. no more like you're going to make $45 million in three days. Like there's. Yeah. And look at my Lambo. <laughs> yeah. We are looking for real. We are looking for authentic. We're looking for stories. We're looking for relatability. So I think that that's losing its. Uh, place in the thank goodness for that because that stuff was like that was so big like 2017 2018 it was peaking in like 2019 we still saw some of it in like 2020 we still saw like see some of it now but i'm thinking back to like the you know this is my rented lambo but i i'd say it's mine and this is my yeah. big mansion and look at my you know five cars that are all you know rented for the day and everything yeah, uh, yeah that's i mean oh the yeah cringe. And one other thing is more AI for appointment setting, for refining your message, for content, et cetera. I think this mm -hmm. is, AI is really bringing its place into, you know. It, I was going to ask you about that, what you thought about AI for 2024. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you got to remove the rocket emoji if you're going to use <laughs> <Yeah>, GTP. <laughs> I said this on a podcast earlier on this week. 
I said like the total giveaway is the rocket emoji. If I see it one of the giveaway, yes. If I see one more <laughs> or rocket the word emoji, supercharge. It's using super the word supercharge everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> supercharge or yeah. secret or unlock, unlock the secret too. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. But the 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 um, what do you call it? The rocket emoji is ridiculously. Uh, <laughs> the giveaway. It is the absolute giveaway that that has been written by Chad GPT. Oh my yeah. gosh. Awesome. Thank you so much, Haley. This has been so good. I, we could keep going, I'm sure, and have a giggle, but uh, sadly we have to wrap up. But what I'd love to do is uh, look at having you back on on uh, Choir Podcast in 2024 and let's see what changed, right? So yeah. like, you know, we're talking right now, what happened in three or six months? Were the predictions right? I'd love to talk about, you know, I'd love to talk about what kind of came about. And do we get rid of all of the bro marketing? And did ChatGPT finally realize that the rocket emoji is poop and got rid of it? <laughs> yeah. It would be fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And of course, as always, the Acquire podcast is produced and edited by Jason Wheeler. And if you found this podcast episode to be of value, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And thank you for being part of my growing community. Please consider joining my Facebook group where I'm excited to keep delivering really great information and empowering entrepreneurs and marketers with list building, lead generation, and launches. You'll find the link to that in the show notes. And of course, the Acquire podcast is brought to you by the Oddphonic Podcast Network. Thanks so much.